Welcome to the Customer Acquisition Podcast. My name is Thorsten. If you are in marketing or sales and you want to increase demand, build more pipeline and acquire more customers for your B2B product, this podcast is for you. In this podcast, we will mix together webinars, live streams, interviews, and everything else in audio format. I also recommend registering for our weekly, nightly live sessions on Wednesdays at 1 Central European time. Here we cover a different topic related to customer acquisition, such as content marketing, advertising, sales, and much more. You can sign up at nutly.co slash live. Now on to this episode. Today I am joined by our guest Alex Ambling, Managing Director at Strategic Internet Consulting to talk about account-based marketing for B2B companies. Alex, welcome to the podcast. Hi there, Thorsten, how are you doing? For the listeners who are just meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit about who you are and what you do at the Strategic Internet Consulting? Yeah, uh, my name is Alex Stembling. I'm CEO of Strategic Internet Consulting. So we're, we're a specialist technology marketing agency focusing purely on account-based marketing programs, working with global technology brands, really. Our job is to help those technology brands selling to their highest value clients to to win new logos, retain them, and also grow those accounts. On your LinkedIn profile, it says that you have run strategic internet consulting for close to 25 years? Yeah, in some form or another, yes. Yeah. So just as Google Google's becoming a thing, back in the sort of mid to late 90s, I, I was self-employed and running a very early form of a marketing agency back then. So, uh, yeah, I've sort of seen all the peaks and troughs of the industry and how everything's become so specialist over the years. So it's been an interesting ride. I have read your content for a while. You have done several talks, a lot of case studies. Uh, You have uh, your Let's Talk ABM series and you are really in the trenches when it comes to actually doing account-based marketing versus just talking about it. Yeah, I mean... There are a lot. There's a lot of academics out there on the subject of ABM, and, and we we definitely have dirt under our nails. So, uh, yeah, look, everyone everyone is uh, different levels of understanding about what ABM is to them and what it means to them. I guess we'll talk about that later. But it's it's an interesting thing because you know there's a lot of hype around the the topic of account based marketing, and I think there's a lot of misconceptions in the market about what it actually means to run. An account-based marketing program and, and what it and actually define what it means for, for the business internally. If you ask 10 different marketers about what ABM is, you will probably get 10 different answers. Some say it's just a targeting tactic with some IP-based advertising and some expensive technology on top of it. Others say that account-based marketing is essentially what B2B marketing should be. But what is your definition of account-based marketing? Yeah, it's an interesting question. And, um, you know, everyone has their opinion on this. My, my opinion is it's it's a lens, it's a targeting lens to look through. I think if you think about it as a sliding scale where you have persona-based marketing uh, over to one side where you're actively targeting maybe your smaller value accounts, less complicated sales cycles, where maybe you only got a single decision maker on one side of the scale and then right across on the other side of the scale, you have your highest value accounts, those ones that can provide the highest value ROI to you and maybe have the longest life cycle length. Um, so we define account-based marketing as an approach or a lens or a filter 
to um, target your highest value accounts. And, you know, it all comes down to how much time and investment you're willing to make, make to win an account and also you know, how complex it is to win that account. Everyone knows the, the stat that Gartner throws around about there being at least six people involved in a modern B2B buying decision. And that's obviously at the high scale. Typically, we see the threshold or the minimum entry point for um, a proper personalized account-based marketing program at no more than $50,000 annual recurring revenue. So if your clients aren't spending with you that as a minimum it typically doesn't make sense to treat that single account as an individual market of one which is basically what we're talking about with proper abm where you're you're really saying to to your business internally look we want to go after this account and win it because it has all these benefits and we're going to justify an additional uh, level of time and investment personalization as well to try and win that account so um that's how we look at it. Um, it's, it's treating accounts as markets of one at the extreme end. Complicated sales cycles, uh, more decision makers, and obviously high value deals. So it's winning your highest value deals. This leads me to my next question, which is uh, what do you think most marketers misunderstand about account-based marketing? Well, I think people think just by targeting a specific list of accounts and then running banner ads into them, that's, they're doing ABM or just doing a direct mail campaign into a set of accounts, you're doing ABM. You know, those are just channel tactics. You know, everyone has access to the same channel tactics and online or offline. You know, account-based marketing is about upping the level of personalization. It's about having a deeper level of insight and data on an account and the people who are making the buying decisions within that account. So it's getting much more personalized, you know, rather than just your messaging targeting a, a fictitious persona where you're talking to a, a CMO with ABM programs that have multiple decision makers. You're talking to, you know, Thorsten, who's the CMO of X business. Uh, and we get to know what is important to you, not just from your job perspective, but also from your business's perspective. And at the extreme level, to you personally, potentially. And then the message and the proposition into you specifically is contextualized to to you rather than just a, a CMO of a fictitious technology business. I think uh, account-based marketing quickly devolves into becoming just doing outbound selling to a more targeted list of accounts. Another good example was from a prospect I was talking to last week and they said that they were doing account-based marketing. But when I dug a bit deeper, they were paying for a software and this software helped them to do banner ads on some of the major business websites. And this is something you can do natively through the advertising features on Facebook or LinkedIn anyway. Yeah, I mean, the whole the whole programmatic advertising piece, obviously there's a lot of tech, technology in that space. But um, and there is a place for it, but out, out of you know of an overall program. So well, I'm sure we'll talk about it later about the different types of ABM programs there are. But you have to be clear about who it is you're trying to target, and make sure at the extreme level of ABM uh, that you you understand those accounts at, at a much deeper deeper level than you would just by running persona focus demand gen program, which absolutely have their place for the lower value deals. But, you know, our, our agency is set up to help clients win their most complicated high value deals. So we work with a lot of technology brands that have maybe had, you know, Series A, Series B investment who have grown and built amazing businesses off the back of targeting SMB. You know, those more productized, um, commoditized services where, you know, you've got three columns on the SaaS page. And now the investors are saying, right, you've nailed the SMB space. Now we want, to, want you to start entering the mid-market and enterprise space. 
those higher value deals, which require a different mindset, a different internal skill. And quite often the, uh, the tech club clients we work with have have that raw skill in-house and you know, we work with them and train them and, or provide them the strategy and plans for them in-house execution. Or they, are, they want us to fully orchestrate a full program over a longer period of time. Uh, but ultimately, you know, those technology businesses that are moving out of uh, SMB into enterprise uh, is, is typically where ABM really has its value. So who should consider doing ABM? Uh, I read from serious decisions that uh, 92% of B2B marketers cite ABM as extremely important. But do you think that most B2B companies have the deal size and the target market that justifies doing ABM? I think that the main, one of the, well, there's a, there's a few main blockers to getting into ABM or doing it in the purest sense of the word. One is budget. You know, having the budget available to to target a single account or a cluster of accounts at a much higher and more personalized level. Secondly, is the insight and data on those accounts. That mm-hmm. quite often is a blocker. So they end up just promoting more generic content into an account and calling it ABM, hoping that it will resonate. There's the whole sales and marketing alignment piece as well, which you know is a very overused sort of ABM message, but it's it's absolutely true. And in fact, it's not just sales and marketing. You know, it is account-based everything. You need every, everyone in the business at some level needs to buy into it. And obviously that's a big internal sales job or PR job to do. So quite often you'll see the marketing team dipping it in their, dipping in their toes to the ABM space and trying to build a business case to get more investment, to increase the, the volume of accounts that can be targeted um, and warrant the additional sort of investment from the business. Other blockers you know, include or other reason campaigns fail are quite often the sales team might come up with an aspirational list of accounts that they want to try and win without any real sort of uh, intent or idea about why they should be buying from them. They just think that their services are, you know, they they, they warrant the purchase from from that account. And and quite often, you know, those those accounts aren't in an active buying journey. So they um, those campaigns can fail quite fast for that reason. So there are various reasons why people set out to do ABM, but quite quickly they can they can stumble because they haven't got that internal buy-in or they haven't got the data and insight on the accounts they're trying to go after. Or they haven't allocated enough budget or you know they just don't have that level of personalization required to um, you know, cut through the noise because it's a very, very noisy marketplace out there and quite often everyone's targeting the same people. You said you need buy-in to get the budget. So how do you get the buy-in? Yeah, and, and, and that's the tricky thing, right? So when we're talking to clients who are just starting to think about ABM, uh, we, we typically talk to them about uh, a blended program, which is a sort of, uh, you know, at, at the extreme, you, you, we might cluster, you know, 10 to 15 accounts that all have a common sales trigger or common pain um, that aligns with the product or service that the client's trying to sell. And we might combine that with a more programmatic ad campaign but the one-to-many programmatic play is purely just for brand awareness. So we'll go through, you know, building a client's ICP, their ideal customer profile, which is, you know, just 101. You have to get that right. And and that ideal customer profile has to be more than just a LinkedIn industry category, a number of employees, and then a couple of job titles thrown in. Any ICP worth its salt has much more nuanced data points to it. So... For example, you know we're we're a tech specialist, um, so obviously our clients need to be in the B two B space. They need to be B two B global B two B technology brands. 
we have three tiers of account that we go after. At this extreme, we have our tier ones, which are these big technology brands, typically founded pre-2000. Those are the ones that tend to stay with us much, much longer. And that's largely because their in-house marketing teams are incredible at understanding their own market. They're fantastic product marketers, but they wouldn't necessarily be uh, have that modern digital marketing DNA that's required, not, not necessarily data-driven, or have that experience with the modern tech stacks. So they have both the knowledge and resource issue, which we help with our services, that fully orchestrated programs. And then we have a tier two set of accounts, which are those modern high-growth SaaS businesses who have very modern in-house teams, typically found in post-2000, but they, they have a short-term knowledge issue about getting into the enterprise space, so trying to win their highest value accounts that come out of that SMB space. And then we have a tier threes who maybe have, you know, just below Series A investment, high-growth businesses, much smaller marketing teams, but yeah, have this hunger to, to win big accounts. So the point is, there is a nuanced set of data over and above the typical, you know, firmographic and technographic type data points, which, you know, form an ICP. And that's where the really important information sits. So, you know, if you if you look at an ICP, they have to be more complex, typically, than um, some of these third-party data sources can, can automate. So, yeah, getting your ICP right is really, really important. And then, yeah, after that, it's about you know, product market fit, understanding what starts a sales conversation, you know, how do you link an action in the marketplace with your product or service? And then what's that right buying journey uh, and that right level of personalization, you know, to, to really to really engage that account. And ultimately, everything manifests itself in some really cutting edge, world-class creative. What we're, what we're seeing in the market is where you get you know, fantastic data with, a, with great insight, which then informs a really, really strong value proposition into that smaller subset of accounts and then manifests itself in a, an incredible piece of creative that is engaging and talks to the key decision makers at a personal level. You get all of those elements together and that's when these really high value sales conversations get started and you can, you know, you can start to win and accelerate pipeline and, and really drive some high, high deal values. So getting all of those bits of the jigsaw set up, you know, some, some clients have some of it, but very often there's, there's one or two bits missing from it. You did mention the blended approach where companies who have been doing inbound and produced a lot of content for the last few years, and now maybe in the last three, four, five years, ABM has become more of a hot topic and more marketers want to invest in it. So how do you combine doing inbound and doing ABM? Yeah, I mean, inbound is an absolutely solid, solid strategy where you have you know, an active organic or social market, right, who are actively looking for help. But, you know, if you don't have, if, if you're a new technology brand trying to break into a new space or trying to forge a market, then you have to enable an element of outbound, right, and create awareness for your, for your brand aligned with some pain that you, you need. So the blended programs help create that brand awareness into a, a specific set of accounts where quite often we might advocate using some intent data. Here's a technology that we use or advocate in, in a lot of cases. And that intent data then highlights the active market so that the, the accounts that meet your ICP that are in an active buying journey around some topics that you know our, our technology clients care about. And that we can meaningfully connect the dots between you know the, uh, the intent and the actual proposition and what we're trying to um, sell, sell those active, uh, active accounts. 
this always on layer of um, one to many programmatic ABM where you have a set of accounts, could be you know, two, three, 400 accounts, where you're literally just drip feeding in some high value content that aligns with the intent you can see in the data, but with no other objective other than just creating that brand awareness. And that's, that's all you expect from those programs. In, and, and the personalization is literally at the sales trigger level or the, uh, the topic level that you're monitoring in the platform. And then the additional layer of the blended program is this one to few where you're either siphoning off accounts from that one to many program that are showing high levels of intent around the topics and the high levels of intent around your brand. And you might build a business case to up the level of personalization into that smaller subset of accounts. And you might think, right, well, these guys are absolutely engaging with all, all of the stuff we put in front of them. Uh, they're loving our value prop. Now let's get more personal with these guys. Let's move, move them into a one-to-few program where we up that level of personalization. We understand the accounts at a much deeper level, maybe to a 20 or 30% level. And we're up in that level of personalization to try and uh, start sales conversations with them you know, further down the line. So that's typically a good starting point for uh, our technology companies to then start build the business case internally to then maybe think about one-to-one to one programs. And, and the one-to-one programs where you're literally just targeting a single account. And our recommendations for people who are new to ABM normally are to, you know, if you, if you want to go one-to-one, we typically reserve those for existing clients that they have, that maybe they're working um, in a specific region. So they might have one a, a, a client in EMEA, but they know there are other cost centers globally that they could tap into. Uh, so we typically uh, recommend for new clients to ABM to, to start off with that one-to-one program, but only with existing clients. And then, you know, like a land and expand type agreement, not for new local acquisition. Technology is a big part of ABM. You have mentioned the intent data, you have different ABM vendors such as uh, Terminus, Marketo, Demandbase, who just acquired Engageo, Roadworks. There's tools for account engagement, advertising, IP tracking. Do you think we really need all these tools? Like, what's the value in all of these uh, different tools and like technologies? Um, there's without a doubt um, value in these tools because oh, I get asked this question a lot, you know, ABM. Is ABM new, and the technology highlights why it's it's different from what it from what it was. Key account. You know, key account marketing, whatever you want to call it, enterprise marketing. You know, the concept of you know having high value accounts has existed for as long as the industrial revolution has, right? And you know, to to coin a, a HubSpot analogy, you know, the the cust- the the salesperson, the sales rep in in the business that was doing the selling used to be the information gatekeeper, right? They're the ones that the customers used to look to for education on what's new, what's up and coming, new ways of doing things. But obviously, as we know, all of that self-education by the, the client, the prospect, is being done way, way before a brand is engaged to pitch for some work or, or fill in an RFP. So the concept of treating accounts as a market of one isn't new. What is new, though, is the amount of data and insight that we have on the accounts and the buyers before even putting pen to paper or engaging and activating a campaign. So technology plays a really important part in that. We talked about intent data, but obviously there's there's other third-party data sources. The second-party data where you obviously you can see who's visiting your brand already that isn't necessarily inquiring or converting on content. And there's obviously your first-party data where you have technology now to, to mine that data and find first-party intent that you weren't necessarily aware of. 
combining all those data sources is incredibly powerful to focus any technology businesses um, sales and marketing budget on. So, you know, using all this technology, you can do an incredible job and, and focus your budgets in the right place. Whereas, you know, obviously, as we all know, the days of, you know, spraying and praying and chucking enough mud and hope, hoping someone will stick are, are long gone. So the tech and the data and the insight before you even start activating campaigns is incredibly powerful to, um, as our, our CMO definitely mentions quite a lot, to, to, to run zero-waste marketing programs where, you know, it has the highest chance of delivering value back to the business. And as consultants working with uh, companies who are implementing ABM, what kind of tools are you recommending them to use? Yeah, well, our clients have a, have a mix of tech. You know, our clients are obviously on HubSpot and HubSpot are, are doing some great work in the ABM space now. But they're, you know, they're on the typical techs like Marketo, Salesforce, Pardot. A lot of our clients are investing in Intent. So we work with a, a partner called uh, Science. We have a platform called Nexus. And they have, um, we also work with clients from Demand Base, some are on Terminus, some are on radio, um, radio B2B. So a lot of, uh, there's a lot of intent platforms coming in. You know, more, more recently, you've got the likes of Rollworks getting into the at scale account, account based marketing place. We are seeing a lot of evidence that, of technology that are trying to masquerade as ABM platforms and sort of artificially shoehorning themselves in it when they're really, they're really not ABM tech. But, um, yeah, our clients have all the usual tech stack and there will be some consolidation over the next few years as, you know, some of the less valuable ones sort of just fall by, by the wayside. I want to end with uh, going through the process of implementing an account-based marketing plan. So say you are helping a CEO or a CMO implementing and creating an ABM plan. How does it look like? Step one, you know, you need to know your product market fit. You need to, you know, you have to have a really solid understanding about, you know, who your, who your product is designed to, to talk to and why. And then, as I said, developing the ICP is absolutely fundamental. So making sure you understand who your ideal customer profile is at a deeper level than just what industry they in, how many, how many employees have they got. So and having a nuanced sort of view of that. And also the, the, the types of people that are buying and most importantly, what the key messages into those buyers are. So that's absolutely getting those data foundations right is absolutely fundamental. And on top of that data, you plug in the insight. So, you know, we would start to go deeper on an industry or vertical or on a, uh, a set of accounts and up that level of personalization to the account level. And then obviously having the, a detailed insight on the people who are physically buying the platforms. So you've got the, getting the data foundations right, understanding your ICP, overlaying, overlaying the insight. And then obviously activating all of the campaign channels that everyone's aware of, both digital and offline. Offline is obviously harder to activate nowadays, but some really clever plays around that. Uh, and we're seeing some incredible results working with a couple of our tech partners that help support offline distribution. Like direct mail or? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, there's some, some really interesting tech in that space. So, yeah, obviously, success criteria is getting that right tech stack, understanding your RCP, getting the data foundations right. Really strong value proposition. You know, as we all know, people are time poor. So having an incredibly strong value prop that, you know, is correct, is in the right format uh, and hits and, and resonates um, fast. And then creative, you know, you've got to get that creative, right? You've got to, you've got to think out of the box and be really innovative when you're trying to engage these sort of high value decision makers because 
you know, these guys will just tune you out as soon as they see the email or the social selling message or whatever format you're sending it in. So you have, you, and you can't get that creative right unless you have really strong insight on the accounts and um, that right value proposition. But that's typically the success criteria and the process we go through. And you mentioned that one of the problems with uh, most ABM strategies is that most companies just promote generic content to their target accounts. So does creating content uh, in an ABM strategy differ anyway from other strategies? You're, you have that. That's where your insight comes in. You know, this yeah. is where you have to understand. That's why. That's why you have to reduce the volume of accounts you're targeting, either to no more than fifteen accounts at a once a few stage, and you cluster them around a, a set of criteria that isn't just their industry. So you know, it's that level of, that increased level of personalization is really, really important so that it does resonate at a much higher level because ultimately there's too much automation going on in the sales and marketing space at the moment. And the, the, the sales messaging and the marketing messaging that is having the highest success rates are those that are more personal. And, and just by definition, it's very difficult to scale meaningful personalization. And a lot of people you know, interpret personalization in different ways, just inserting someone's first name into an email and their company name yeah, uh, isn't, isn't meaningful personalization, right? Personalization at scale does sound a bit paradoxical. It yeah. is. And that, I think that will change. There's yeah. some incredible tech out there that knows a lot about people and then can translate that into elements that can be personalized at scale. But the, really, the, the meaningful personalization is at the sort of one-to-few and the one-to-one level. Um, and it's that stuff that really sort of starts the sales conversations faster. And lastly, when measuring success, what kind of KPIs do you use to report uh, to clients? Yes, that's a good question. So just because of the, um, the longer sales cycle length, by definition, obviously, you're going after your highest value deals, right? So the, the sales cycle length will be, will be longer. Um, therefore, you have to have, um, we use the three R's, which is reputation, revenue, and relationships to monitor you know, how well we're penetrating an account, brand awareness and relationships we're building with the account and ultimately obviously the revenue which is the most important one but depending on the complex nature of the business that we're trying to target because if you're going after oracle um you know you've got a million marketers you could be talking to you know a million sales guys you could be talking to million it people depending on who you're the buying units you're trying to target you know you need to break down the success criteria into smaller chunks which is why we use reputations, relationships, and revenue to to categorize those subset of KPIs. And obviously, you can't close in revenue until you've developed relationships with that account, built your reputation and trust, and then ultimately that that should convert into to revenue if you've got the you know the, the timing and the context of your message right. So we use we use the, the three R's to build up to um, pipeline revenue with our okay. programs. Okay, I think this has been a very insightful conversation about ABM. So if people want to find more about you and what you do at Strategic, where can they go? Yeah, so we're, um, you can go to strategicabm.com and anyone who's new into the ABM space that is looking to educate themselves more a little bit, we've got a, our CMO, Declan Mulkeen, reaching out to him. You just search for Let's Talk ABM. We've got some incredible guys that we've interviewed over the last, last six months over lockdown. Everyone from Bev Burgess, who was uh, the founder of ABM, the original ABMer, all the way through to all the tech guys that are in this space as well. So uh, subscribe to that and um, you'll get a ton of value out of that. 
Great. Thanks for joining me, Alex. Cheers. 